One, I should not be driving. Two, I don't know where my car is. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Week two of Christmas beers. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. I'm Dolan. Beers this week, courtesy of our friends in Colorado. Well, not courtesy of our friends. I bought it at the local Hy-Vee. Yeah. But made in Colorado uh, from Breckenridge Brewery, fine Colorado ales. It says it around mm-hmm. the... Looks like a, it looks like a, a radio station logo almost. It does kind of have that lightning bolt feel to it. Yeah. Uh, Christmas ale. Just a Christmas ale. Yeah. This is just called Christmas ale. Standard old school one. Yeah. Uh, in a big keg. Well, big for us. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can. It reminds me of uh, when I used to work con- concession stand, like at high school basketball games for like fundraising for band. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, the nacho cheese would come in something like that. Oh, yum. Yeah. yeah. You can have a keg topper. You can <laughs> yep. You just tap it. You break the seal on the bottom and it connects to the machine and <sighs> and then it dispenses nacho cheese. Did you ever wheeze the juice? Wheeze the juice. He doesn't know what that no. is. I think is we it? had this conversation yeah, before. Encino <laughs> Man? Yeah. No. Wheeze the juice? Where he would, where they stick your mouth, they stick their mouth under like Underneath. a slurpee machine? Oh, okay. So. I've done that. <laughs> not Come with on. the nacho cheese, though. But not nacho cheese. Wheeze the nacho cheese? It could burn your face. It Wheeze could. the cheese? Wheeze the cheese. <laughs> I feel like I've... That might be a whole different thing. Dolan, your homework oh. assignment is to go watch Encino Man. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to tell him to go to... Or do that, too. Or wheeze the cheese. Or if we drink enough of this, then you can wheeze the... Christmas ale. Christmas ale. Yeah. Right out of the little mini keg here. So 1.32 gallons yeah. in this keg. So there's... What we... Eight pints in eight a gallon. Eight pints. It's 7.1%. Woo. Uh, mm. 22 IBUs. It is malty darkness. Yep. Now, not dark like dark beer, like like stout beer. No. But malty like, uh, it reminds me of a Sam Adams, uh, Sam, yeah. like, like a lager. Lager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's give it a go. All right. It smells good. Mm-hmm. It smells Swedish. Oh, it is sweet. There is some bitterness mm. to it. I yeah, like it. That's okay. good. It's good. It's. I can see why this is a Christmas beer. Yeah, but it's not spiced Christmas no. spice. No, nothing like that. I feel like it, it's a Christmas beer you can open up at the family gathering, and I don't think anybody would complain. No. It'd yeah. be different than some people have ever had, probably. Yeah. But mm. it's like biscuity, bready, mm-hmm. malty, a little bit of sweetness. I like the maltiness. Yeah, it's good. Huh. Interesting. It's allegedly caramel or caramel, which is from the malts. Where do you fall into the caramel, caramel? Uh, depending. Okay. If I want to be fancy, it's caramel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, just, you know, it's those caramel. cheap caramels that stick to your teeth, that's a caramel. Or that pull your fillings out. Yeah. Yeah. Dolan, um, Dolan where do you fall in this, caramel or caramel? 
caramel. Yeah, he's always a caramel. caramel. Guy. He doesn't have time for caramel. No, no, no. no. Uh, also, allegedly, some chocolate flavor to this, maybe, maybe in the roasted. Maybe with through the roastiness. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I hate to break it to you, but on the back of that keg, it says, "For best pour, please consume within twenty-four to forty-eight hours." So we're in for the long haul here. <laughs> we got some drinking to do then. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. I actually have a lot of Colorado research here. Good. So I don't think we've ever really dug really into Colorado breweries as deep as kind of I went this time. Okay. So that sounds good. What do you want to do? You want to do yours first? Let me get just a little bit of beer information out, and yeah. then we'll go to Colorado. Right on. So this has been brewed since 1993. So this is one of our... The Christ- oldest. The Christmas ale. Yeah. Really? This is hmm. one of our older, A, craft beers. I mean, really. Okay. We're 30 years almost at that point. That's pretty old for most places. So they've been making this since then. Okay. Um, Mount Hood and Chinook hops mm. are what are used. Okay. Now, you won't ever see Mount, Hook, Mount Hood uh, hops in like a hazy IPA or anything. So this is an old school hop variety like you said maybe a little more west coast mm-hmm. i mean yeah. that's what it that was the coast back when this was sure. made you know so yeah yeah um another beer that it's similar to um is deschutes hollowdale you'll see that yeah. comes out s- similar style um this is technically a classic strong ale so we're over that six percent mm-hmm. kind of boundary this one's 7.1 um there's no spices or added flavors to this beer at all. It's just hops and malts and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, they do have, um, from what I could tell, a barrel-aged version of this that only sells at the brewery, potentially. Some of the information I saw kind of counteracted that, but it looked like that one was 10%. Whoa. And it's just the same beer, but... In a whiskey barrel, so you get some oak and oh. booziness, some sweetness, and it pumps up the ABV to 10.7. I, th- I thought that would be nice. And it's I... like a little bit r- more red in color from the pictures that I saw, but I've never seen that beer in my life, and oh. I would like to, because I love barrel-aged stuff, so, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, 10%, hmm. can't go wrong. I don't think I've ever seen, yeah, in the stores or anything, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I don't know. We've never, as much as we've been to Colorado, yeah. I've never been to Breckenridge. So I, the brewery or the town? Both. Oh, yeah. I, I've been to the town. Yeah, I've, I've driven through. It's really close to where my family is. It's mm. actually not too far from uh, Fair Play, that South Park beer oh, we had yeah, a little just, bit just a, few a little while ago. ago. Yeah. Oh, Lime Bandito. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm, mm. Yeah. All right. That's, that's what I got for just our little bit of history on this beer specifically. Okay. So it, it's going to get muddy for, for a little bit here. Because okay. because Breckenridge is well, we'll get into it. How about this? So, founded in 1990 by Richard Squire, Squire, yeah. Now, uh, in the mountain town of Breckenridge, Colorado, it's the third. It's the third. It was the third oldest craft brewery in the state. Okay, I didn't mm. look up the other two. The first two, mm. I don't know who that would be. Uh, 1992, they opened their second brew pub in downtown Denver. Um, in, in as luck would have it. And actually, they attribute this to luck. I don't know if there's a whole lot of luck here. In 95, so three years later, the Rockies built the stadium right across the street. Mm. So... Yeah, pregame drinks, I suppose. I've been I've yeah. been to that location. Oh, okay. There's also a... Um, there's an Irish pub 
that I really like over there too, which is directly, if you walk directly out of the left field exit entrance there of Coors Field, there's a walkway directly to that Irish pub. Oh. Almost like it was meant to be. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, mm. it's, it's just, it's awesome. Uh, they outgrew that in 96. They moved to 471 Klamath Street several miles away. So I guess being that close to the Rockies wasn't, to the Colorado Rockies baseball team, Yeah, wasn't necessarily... They didn't need that, I, I guess like. I guess not. Yeah. So they moved several miles away to this larger location, and they've been there for 19 years now. Uh, 60,000 barrels a year as of uh, as of this research. This would have been like 2015. So five okay. years ago was the last time I saw any kind of you know how much they're how much they're uh, producing. They ran out of space. Uh, they went looking again, and they found a spot in Littleton, Colorado. So oh, yeah. way south, way way south, uh, nine miles south of Denver proper. Now, in summer of 2015, uh, they moved to that 12-acre stretch of land and have been there ever since. Wow. So that is their new production home, their, their 12 acres of land out of that, just that location right there. You know, a place has been around a while when they've moved like three times, you yeah. know, had to upgrade <laughs> facilities. Could you imagine having to move all that brewing equipment? Oh, and... pain. No, I mean, it's, it's hard enough to move your house. Yeah, now I you're moving. that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery ranked 50th on the Brewers Association 2014 list of largest craft breweries and 47th on the 2015 list. Mm. Uh, it, again, that's the best research I could come up with there. Early on, Breckenridge produced roughly 1,000 barrels per year. By 2015, they were over 70,000 barrels. So went from 60 to 70. Then 2016... They were purchased oh. by Budweiser. Really? Yep. That's, that's where it gets muddy. That's probably why we have this big kegs now. Yep. So huh. I get it. Um, so it, it, it's actually so. Anheuser Busch has a family of craft beers, uh, breweries that they have bought. They call it the high end. I don't okay. know if that's if that's like the name that they use externally too, but that's what at least this publication sure. called it. So this group of breweries. Uh, like includes like Goose Island and yeah. you know some of those. Uh, it's called the high end. They have distribution in thirty five states now because of it. I mean, yeah. there's I I can't fault them. No, I mean if if you're a person that owns a brewery, right, or a brewer of any kind, and your one of your goals is to have as many people try your stuff as possible, then that's yep a way to do it for sure. Here's the thing, like you wouldn't know by looking at it. Yeah. Right? It doesn't say Anheuser-Busch on here anywhere. Nope. It doesn't reek of Budweiser. Nope. It doesn't have any it still says Breckenridge yeah. Brewery, Fine Colorado Ales. Yep. Is it still craft? That's yeah. I don't know. That's I feel a good like question. That's a, that's a huge debate and everybody has their own opinion it on is. it. Yeah. It is. It's like a big internet Brew, haha! Oh yeah, it's like haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> what's better, Samsung or Apple? Samsung. Well, but, clearly you know. Apple. But <laughs> <laughs> we disagree. Agree right. to disagree. Right. Here's a, this is kind of fun. This goes back to my little my uh, my nerd roots. Okay, and this has been the first year I would have missed it, or that they missed it. Uh, every year since the inaugural 2012 Denver Comic Con, Breckenridge Brewery has collaborated with the convention to brew and sell a limited edition beer with a comic-themed name chosen through an annual contest. 
That sounds fun. I couldn't find any of the names. Though. Oh, bummer. No. Huh. I, uh, maybe on Untapped. Maybe there's a good spot because that sounds like the kind of folks that would check into a beer. I would guess. I. I that's yeah. Hmm. You you need a refill here? Do you need? To yeah, have, I mean, if yeah? we got a oh. gallon of it to All go. Right, here so, we go. Yeah. Hang on. I guess I do. I'm gonna get one too. Yeah. I'm. It's interesting really when you drink. when you don't do the talking, you can do a lot of the drinking. Uh-oh. Vice versa, <laughs> you know. Oh, you're getting a rich pour. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's like three quarters foam, oh one quarter gosh. beer. Just well, by it, the time I'm done, I just can let it, it settle down. Yeah. Just let it settle down. Rich, you want to get me one too? Yes. Do you just want me to get you one? Please. Okay. Do it go. better than this one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tilt the glass. Oh, that's why right there. We, oh, didn't, we no, didn't do that. No air. Oh, yeah. Much better. Much better. <laughs> Hey, well, it, it'll it'll settle out, right? That's, Once we get yeah, all this it will eventually. Cool information. All right, what else you got? Anything? Still got more color? Oh, that's a beautiful pour. <laughs> I've got some brew. I've got some Colorado brewery information. All right, let's so do it. Do you want to do that? Okay. Yeah. So, as much as I look, this is our eleventh Colorado beer. Wow, we've done a few. Yeah, right. We've done more than mm. a few. We should. Colorado has the fourth most breweries per capita in the United States. Which is impressive, yeah, because they only have two percent of the country's population. Two percent, yeah. really, fourth most. Wow, there you go. How, how new is that information? Uh, it, it, this is from the Colorado Craft Brewers Association. So probably website. So I would active. say it's fairly accurate. Hmm. What, what do you think other states would be? California. <sighs> yeah. Well, hmm. Michigan, maybe. maybe with most breweries. Pennsylvania. Maybe. That'd be a good question. I don't know. Texas? Texas, Texas probably. Yeah. Texas. I'm just trying to think of all the places we've had a lot of beers from. Yeah, this Missouri. Comes... Missouri. Now, we've done a lot of Missouri beers, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. That's only because our friend Aaron Biddle likes beers, mm-hmm. too, and so he sends yeah. us beers. And they have a lot of distribution. We get most of the stuff. True. Yeah, so this came from coloradobeer.org, the Colorado Brewer's Guide. Hmm. Uh, 19... Eight, I'm sorry. 1859... Denver, the first brewery in the territory, is established. So it's not even a state yeah. yet, and they already have a brewery. <laughs> well, you have to, yeah. The Rocky Mountain Brewing Company. Good name. Yeah, why not? Well, you're exist. the first one. You can name whatever the hell you want. I wish it still existed. Every mm-hmm. name is available to you. Yeah. Well, um, for the most part. Uh, 1875. So we went from 1859 okay. to 1875. There are 56 breweries operating in the territory. <laughs> still not a state. 56. So within less than, what? I, my math is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 75 minus 59 equals a few years. Wow. 16. 1912, Prohibition. Oh, boy. Yeah. That was a bummer. Yep. 1934, Prohibition ends. 20 years. That 22? Long, long time. Too long. Yeah. Way too long. Wow. 19. Okay. So we skip. Ahead, way ahead. Okay. 1982. Yeah, you did skip ahead. Yeah. Long ways. Well, prohibition, everybody gets drunk. Yeah. You wake can't up remember and, that. And it's 82 <laughs> decades anyway. The first great American beer festival happens. In, huh. in 80 what? 82. Wow. 1982. That's in Denver, right? That is in Denver. And now I believe it is the largest beer competition outside of the World Beer Championships. Yeah. In, is that Munich? Is that in Germany? I think so. I've always wanted to go to the Great American Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. And I had a oh. chance once. 
I had a chance once. And I didn't go. And that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Because I can barely keep my shit together <laughs> on a normal beer festival. <laughs> Great American Beer Festival? It'll be bad news. So this was three-ish years ago. We were going through, uh, we were going through a couple of transitions here at Atlas. And Scott Strain calls me and says, hey, we're leaving tomorrow. And we ended up getting an extra ticket. Mm. Do you want to go? Yeah. And you said, yeah, I do. I, I said, yeah, I do. But there was too much going on here. But I can't. I can't. My my main job stopped me from going. So I will always, always regret that decision. Yeah. I should have said, yes, Scott, come pick me up. Well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> because going to the Great American Beer Festival with two brewers yeah. would have been off you the charts. get to go to all the pre-events and all that stuff, probably. I did. So there was... Here's here's probably what, what would have happened. Honestly, there was Benson Beer Festival, which uh-huh. is a it's a fairly decent sized little yeah. beer festival here for Omaha. Uh, first year, I I worked the cross strain booth. I just volunteered here. I'll pour beers for you and whatever, and just go hang out. Uh, Jenny and Maddox were out of town, and uh, so I went and, and helped out. Well, then Scott shows up later, and we go walking. And Scott knows everybody mm-hmm. who's anybody in Nebraska brewing. Yeah. Okay. If you brew beer in Nebraska, Scott, you know Scott, and he knows you, and he's friends with you. Mm-hmm. So we didn't go the normal way through the crowd. Sure. We went behind the booths. Oh, yeah. And Scott is, he's just like, hey, and he'd wave, and then he'd go to their tap, and he would just pour whatever he wanted. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, Scott, whatever, and I would just pour whatever I wanted. Yep. I had to call, well, so I'm down in Benson. <laughs> I had to call Lane Andreessen, our IT director, because I, I, I didn't know how to get to my car. Yeah. At the end of the night, I told Scott, I'm like, I got to go. This is yeah. it. I can't do this with you. Yeah. Just, I, I can't, this is, this is like next level. I, yep. can't, I can't do this with you. One, I should not be driving. Two, I don't know where my car is, right. but I know I'm in Benson and I know that I can call Lane. I know I can call Lane. And so bless his heart, Lane and Karen were eating at a restaurant like three blocks away. Yeah. He's like, okay, look up. What street do you see? So I told him. He's like, okay, walk north. I'm like you're like, I don't know what seriously. That means. <laughs> walk north. He's like, okay, walk towards the taco place. So I see the taco place. Start walking. Like, okay, I that's I can understand tacos. Yeah, yeah. they sat with there me for two and a half hours and sobered me up. Oh, good was, friends. I know, very good friends. Yeah. So I guess maybe that was a lesson that I shouldn't have gone to the Great American Beer yeah. Festival because I'd probably still be in Denver at this point. Could be. <laughs> wow, dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1988, Colorado gets its first two brew pubs. Okay, which seems odd to me. That's why I wrote it down. Yeah. So, beer, brewing their own beer, serving their own food. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two of them, the Wine Coop Brewing. Win- oh yeah, Wine Coop. Wine Coop. That's the one that makes the Bull Testicle Stout, Rocky mm. Mountain Oyster mm. Stout. Get out of here. No, they do. So, ironically. Wincoop was purchased by Breckenridge Brewing Company at one point. Okay. So, and then Anheuser-Busch bought. So, now they're all part of that huh. same. Do they still do that Rocky Mountain? Yeah. As far as I know. Is it seasonal? Ugh. Yeah. Oh. Gross. I mean, you've heard of, like on the East Coast, they have oyster stouts sometimes. Yeah. Which is yeah. a thing. Uh-huh. So, this is their take on that. It's Rocky Mountain oyster well, stout. Well, oyster stouts, Rocky Mountain Oyster both gross, I think, so why not? Send them in, please. I, <laughs> I guess we'll drink anything, so... Bull testicle stout. Mm. I, I actually don't mind them. They're, they're all right. There's a place here that has a testicle festival every year, yeah. mm-hmm. and they fry them and whatever else, and they go out there and you just eat them. 
Nope. No thanks. No, I don't know about that. They're not too bad. I got tricked into eating them when I was like 10. Well, and ever since then, you don't have to trick you no more. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we went to, uh, there's that place out in western Nebraska. Maybe it's in Paxton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oldies or whatever. Big game place. And they're known for having them there. So we went, and this was after we went golfing and uh, consumed a couple of beers. And my father-in-law was gracious enough to be our designated driver that day. So we're having a good time. And my friend Daryl was with me. Oh. He orders them, and they didn't cook them all the way. They weren't they weren't oh, totally done. No, so they were real chewy. And ever since that, mm. I'm just like, nope, I don't even want to see them. Oh no, smell them, none of that stuff. Douche. So no chewy testicles. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks. Mm. It's 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 like gizzards though, or you yeah, know, I don't like need it, that needs, either. it needs to be done right. I no, I, do, I love gizzards. I do enjoy the gizzards. But I've had places where I get a gizzard and it's it's either chewy mm-hmm. or it just it tastes really weird. Could have just been a rubber band that fell in. Yeah, could have yeah. been. don't know. Could have been. I, you want to go off on a tangent here. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, oh, boy. So I listened to a podcast. This has nothing to do with Colorado beers or anything. Uh, I listened to a podcast called This American Life. Yeah, um, that's a famous one. Chicago Public Radio. Yeah. Ira Glass. I, I am obsessive with Ira Glass. Yeah. If I like the podcast and he does the interview, I'll listen to it in the car. Then I will go home and I will listen to it in my office with headphones on and I will write out his questions because I want to learn how to be as good at asking questions as he is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. almost like like when when you're a writer and you're trying to learn how to like write sitcoms and stuff, like one of the things they suggest you do is go watch old sitcoms. Watch Friends and Seinfeld and you're mad about you, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, and then write the dialogue as they're saying it. Practice writing their dialogue as you, and so it gets you into the habit of writing like they talk. Okay. Anyway, so that's anyway. Uh, one of the most recent episodes they did for their 25th anniversary was uh, there was a guy that worked at a pork plant, and uh, he saw a box on the floor that said artificial calamari, and he, yes. And he asked the guys, like, hey, what's artificial cal- calamari? And he was like, oh, that's the box that we put of the pork bung in. So the pork anus, mm-hmm. they put it in. It's pork. It actually it's called bung, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. That re- That's re- a beer term, too, by the way. Bung? Uh-huh, yeah. Bung? That's, what, that's the uh, wooden cork you'll see on, a like, oh. a beer barrel. Oh. I've heard of bung. this. Uh-huh. Oh. It's also a Beavis and Butthead term, which made me laugh. Oh, sure. Just bung. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it's actually called pork bung. So he went on this multiple year, this this writer, podcaster, went on a multiple year journey trying to figure out, do they actually use pork anus as calamari? Uh-huh. To the point where his sister, who is a Michelin chef, they went and bought some. Yeah. And they bought some calamari at the same time. They fried it the exact same way, gave it, and people knew what they were sure. going to eat. Uh, they ate it, and they could not tell the difference. So the next time you eat calamari... Might be. Could be pork The bone. old O-ring from yeah. pork. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. Man. Fascinating. I mean, I love calamari. I'd still put lemon <laughs> on it and go... <laughs> <laughs> the guy, so when, uh. when they're eating it, they're in this restaurant, and the guy, he's like, same thing. He goes, I love calamari. He's eating the bung. He doesn't know it. He's eating the pork bung. He's like, this is the best calamari I've ever had. Wow. Absolutely. Hands down. 
the well, best. I guess regardless, I think for this Christmas, I'm sticking to prime rib or something alike. There you go. <laughs> Skip the calamari. Yeah. All right. Finally, Colorado in 2006 set a record with 108 breweries operating across the state. Uh, and then 2015, there were 300 licensed breweries oh. in Colorado. So from 06 to 15, I can do that math, 11 years. That's a lot. They went up from 108 to 300. And yeah. now it's well over that. They didn't have an updated number, but holy cow, there's a lot I of think, I don't know what we have in Nebraska, but we've got to have over 50. Well, we're getting close. We're going to cover guess. that in the, uh, in the Drown Out 2020. We've got, a, we've got a Nebraska beer that we've oh, okay. never done. Cool. That I did a little research on. I know there's 50-some breweries in, where did we go from North Carolina? Raleigh, Durham. Raleigh, Durham. Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I went to like seven in Charlotte in two days. Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. We had that uh, um, Halloween beer last year from there with the zombie on Mm -hmm. it. Um, Can't remember what it was called, but it was really good. And yeah, yeah, Mm. they've got 50-some breweries in just just that city. So that is my 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 trip down memory lane All with right. Colorado beers. Colorado breweries. Well, let's get our Christmas on now. All right. This is Christmas episode. Uh, and I was trying to think about things, you know, that we haven't covered before. Yep. Stuff that, I don't know, was at least interesting. And right on that thing says, since 1993. Yeah. And I was looking for some sort of Christmas connection to 1993, and I found it. Wow. And I found it in a little movie called The Nightmare Before Christmas. Came out in 1993. Love this film. So we're going to do a little deep dive on that. Okay. Uh, Nominated for an Oscar for Best Special Effects. Hmm. Now, if you watch it now, it's not, you know, it ain't CGI. It's claymation. Right. Right. It took a long time to do, but it was up for an Oscar. Um, Directed by Charles Henry Selick. Not directed by Tim Burton. I thought it was Tim Burton. Um, he helped. He's a producer, and he wrote the story and all that stuff. Oh. Um, directed by this guy, who also directed movies called Monkey Bone. No. With Brennan Fraser. Never saw that one. No, never saw it. Coraline. I yeah. did see that. James and the Giant Peach. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he also helped on Life Aquatic. Oh, yeah. That was a good oh, So, man. that's his pedigree. Uh Coraline, your your dog's name. Yes. Right? Uh, So my youngest daughter, Scarlett, we took her to see that at the Dollar Theater. Mm. That was a horrible mistake. That's a bad dollar spent. (laughs) That was was a horrible... For the most part. So I'm divorced from Riley and Scarlett from my first marriage. Uh, Sarah and I always had a... Even to this day, have a very good, amicable relationship, right? The only time she was like really mad at me when we were while we were divorced mm-hmm. was when I brought Scarlett home after watching Coraline, <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, she was just hammering Mr. Pibbs. Oh, so not only was she just super hopped up yeah. on on caffeine, she was having nightmares about Coraline. Yeah, oh, Sarah was pissed. Yeah, I just oh, mad man. at me, yeah. so mad at me. There's a thing online for a they're trying to push a live action Coraline, and oh. whoa, as much as I don't like scary movies, I think it would be pretty interesting. Yeah. I would too. I was. That's one that I have not shown my kid yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't. He hasn't seen it. Uh, he's okay. too young. I, yeah. I, quite I honestly, I, I'm trying to think about how Scarlet. I was too young. Oh. For Coraline. Wow. <laughs> and I was 36. I think you need to. Yeah. You need to wait a few years on that one. Um. So this guy Charles Henry, before he was directing stuff, 
Mm-hmm. He was an animator at Disney, and that's how he met Tim Burton. Oh. He was um, working on a movie that I saw in the theater. Probably you did, too. Okay. Called the Fox and the Hound. Oh, I love Todd and Copper. That's right. I'm a hound dog. One of Corey Feldman's first gigs. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Um, and then they also, he worked on a couple of these other things called Mickey's Christmas Carol, which we've talked about. That was like last week, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And then a movie called Return to Oz. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Great Mouse Detective, one of my favorites as oh, a kid. uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, Brave Little Toaster. Yes. Oh, I love Brave Little that Toaster. That was my jam there growing up. Yeah. His jam. And then something called Roger Rabbit. Oh. So. Jessica Rabbit. Mm. Oh. Meow. Is this R-rated? Are we an R-rated? Do we get the E beside <laughs> of our podcast? I think so, get, yeah. Because we could go Explicit, into yeah. just how Jessica Rabbit was. Hello. So, in 1982, this is when Tim Burton has been working on Frankenweenie for Disney. Yes. Uh, yes. His, the short movie, the black and white one with uh-huh. uh, Daniel Stern is in it and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Oh, it's great. Um, that's when he meets this guy, right? Okay. So, in that time, Tim Burton writes this poem, and that's basically what the story of this movie is based on, mm. right? So, he writes this poem. Jack Skellington stealing Christmas. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. All that stuff. Yeah. And then... Um, it didn't start as a production for them until 1991. So it goes, he kind of pitches the idea a few different times and they finally say yes. Nine years later, takes two years to make the movie, comes out in 93. Hmm. Um, he meets one of the stars of the movie on a movie that he's also working on, which was um, Beetlejuice. Yes. And that's how we get Catherine O'Hara, hmm. who plays Sally in okay. the movie. Um, then there's a couple of other guys in the movie that, that he'd worked with before. Uh, one named... Paul Rubens. Oh, Pee-wee Herman. Pee-wee. He did yeah. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That was Tim Burton's first actual movie they directed. Wait, 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 wait. Tim Burton directed Pee-wee's yeah. Big Adventure. Yeah, that was his thing to like make money to get the other movies made that he wanted, I, like I this one. I do not believe you. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> Alexa, who directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Let's see. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was directed by Tim Burton. Gosh, you wow. never question me when I Alexis should never anymore. question you. Um, then they work. They start working on that stuff, and uh, he meets up with the um, music guy from Beetlejuice, Danny Elfman, right? And they've kind of worked on everything together ever since. So yeah. he's like the conductor and the I, arranger, and those two are virtually inseparable. Every pretty much every movie they're yes. together, right? Yep. So there is I don't remember what the actor's name. I think I might have wrote it down. Yes, Chris Sarandon. I think that's Susan Sarandon's brother. Okay, he's the voice of Jack Skellington oh, when he's talking. Yeah, but he's not the voice of Jack when he's singing. Really? Huh. No, that's Danny Elfman. No, it's, yes, for real. He's the singer well, of Jack. He Danny wrote the songs was Oingo Boingo, so yes. right. So there yes. you go. So they have all that sort of stuff. Um, Chris Sarandon, the voice of Jack, the speaking Jack, was also Prince Humperdinck in Princess Bride. So if you've seen that movie, then you know who this guy is. Humperdinck. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Originally, A Nightmare Before Christmas was supposed to be a TV show. And that was what they were had been working on. And it was supposed to have been narrated and voiced by Vincent Price, oh. who Tim Burton loved. Yeah. And I think eventually did work with. Hmm. Um, 
he wanted to then he wanted to make a short movie kind of like Frank and Weenie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they couldn't agree on that, so he left and he shot Wee's Big Adventure, and then he went and did Batman, mm-hmm. and then came back. He was supposed to work on Batman Returns. Yep. Right. So he couldn't direct this movie. And that's why he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas, because he's working on Batman Returns and mm-hmm. Ed Wood at the same time, which Ed, he, I think, won an Oscar for. Ed Wood was a, a really good for what it was. Yeah. Batman Returns could have been better. Obviously, Batman was probably the—you could make an argument that Tim Burton's Batman was the best Batman out of all mm-hmm. of them, even though the Chris Nolan stuff is really, really good. Yeah. There you go. Kind of sets the foundation for that. Yeah. But, um, Patrick Stewart— does Cap- the prologue narration for this and for the soundtrack. Captain Picard. Yes. So he's involved. And then um, Danny Elfman, in an interview I was reading, said that writing it was very easy once he got into the mindset of being Jack Skellington. Hmm. Like the whole thing just kind of fell out, and it was one of the easiest jobs he's ever had to do, was hmm. writing the music and the songs for this, this movie. Okay. So the soundtrack comes out in 1993 as well. In 2006... 13 years later, for some reason, they re-released the movie. They re-released it in 3D. Because mm. there was, remember that time when they were like 3D and everything? Yeah. And that wasn't great. No. Uh, so they re-released the soundtrack too, and they put all these new bands on the soundtrack. Mm. And I'm guessing you've heard some of these. Mm. Let's hear them. Well, Fall Out Boy is well, on the soundtrack. Yeah. Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Um, she wants revenge. I remember them for a minute. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson does. This is Halloween. Never heard of him. And Fiona <laughs> Apple's on it as well. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I've heard the Marilyn Manson. This is Halloween. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not, not bad. bad. And then two years after that, they re-release it again. Okay. And they redo the soundtrack again. And now the songs are done by Corn. <laughs> Amy Lee from Evanescence. From Evanescence, yes. Plain White Tees, All American yeah. Rejects. Wow. Hmm. So that's there's huh. a lot of different versions of those songs floating around on Spotify. What is Corn? What? What do they? Do, I, don't, do I think they, they do? did the Halloween. The, this is yeah, Halloween. Interesting. Pretty sure. Sounds like a corn. Something corn would do. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Especially probably back in '93, it probably sounded like something <laughs> off that first Adidas I, album. He break out in his mm. language or yep. whatever. No, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guarantee that's going on. That's my best. Uh, just Jonathan David Davis. Jonathan Davis. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yep. His solo album sounds just like Corn too. <sighs> he has a version of Got Money. Yeah. That is awesome it is awesome it is amazingly dirty it is awesome i found it one saturday morning on itunes way back in the day back when you would just buy songs uh-huh up. remember that oh yeah, well, yeah. just buy songs bought it no longer available on itunes i don't know if you even had the rights to do it quite honestly it's still like archived on my you got it oh it's so awesome um touchstone movies yeah. imprint yeah. owned by disney right okay yeah so they use that a lot of times when they wanted to make a movie that wasn't pg or g and this movie was released under that umbrella because they thought it was too dark and too scary for kids. So it's a Touchstone <laughs> film and not a Disney release, as, as you would normally see. And then in um, October 2020, so recently, they re-released it out in the theaters to try to get people to come back. And uh, it was in 2,194 theaters in October, and it made $1.323 million. Wow. Yeah. 
has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Metacritic, 82 out of 100, so it's pretty good. And it earned $50 million in its initial run in the 90s, which is that's pretty a pretty good amount of money for an animated for movie. Yeah. That's not Disney, yeah. quote unquote. Uh, 2001, Disney comes a knock in and they say, hey, Tim Burton, uh, can we have another one of those? It was pretty good. And he said, no. Like a sequel? Yeah, they no. wanted a sequel. No, screw that. We're not, no, 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 no. Um, but they did get their way, sort of. In 2004, Capcom released a video game. It's called Oogie's Revenge. Yeah. And Tim Burton helped write the story for that video game. So they're maybe kind of considering that. Mm. And then uh, in 2005, they put out something called The Pumpkin King, which was on Game Boy Advance, which I've never had in my life. I don't mm. know what that means. That sounds too fancy. That was expensive, probably. <laughs> and that was a prequel. That was the mm. year before... Um, Nightmare Before Christmas in the storyline, in their IP. Oh, okay. So Oogie Boogie tries to kidnap Jack, oh. and that doesn't work out so well. Mm. And then that leads into the movie, mm. and then that, a few years later, is Oogie's Revenge, and that's all canon now in the world. That's what they, that's Oogie. what, that's what the, uh, the nerds say. Yep. Canon. I <laughs> dropped it for you. I figured you'd pick that up. Totally. So that's what I got for us on uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I love that film. Love it. Now, here's the thing. watched it quite a few times. Is it a, is it a Halloween film? Or is it a Christmas? Or is it a Christmas film? I'll say it's more a Christmas film than Die Hard. You would I, be wrong. I knew. I knew. <laughs> However. I got out of that. <laughs> I would say it's both. I would say it's both. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I watch it more on near Christmas than I do Halloween. Ironically, I watch it more near Halloween. Than Christmas? But... I would watch it around Christmas. I have a toddler who likes it, so I watch it year-round. I don't see a problem with this. I don't see a problem yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's kind yeah. of, he kind of has asked me, uh, in the movie, you go to that forest, and there's all those different holidays on the trees. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, he's like, Where, what's in the Easter one, Dad? I'm like, I don't know. Mm. Tim Burton never gave it to us. So no. We're not sure. Maybe someday he would. Maybe. I don't know. So hmm. maybe we'll have some other holiday installments. But Well, what happens to... Like the rights of that when Tim Burton dies, I wonder. Because you know, if it gets in the wrong hands, we're going to get tons of different spinoffs. I think eventually all that stuff gets to public domain, I would assume, after like 100 years or something. Yeah, yeah. at some point, yes. So eventually we'll yeah. see it. Yeah. All right. So I brought a bonus beer. Okay. As if we needed more beer than 1.32 <laughs> gallons. Well, I'm getting thirsty, so that works. Okay. Uh, I And I only brought this bonus beer. For one reason. So it's the Merry Christmas, Happy New Year 2020 from Anchor Brewing. Let me uh, grab a bottle opener. I got hmm. one. Yeah, one? You want to you toss me one of those? Uh, bo- well, don't toss, obviously. But, I'll open it for you. Well, yeah, open you. it and then toss it. There you go. Uh, we have done Anchor Beers, Anchor Brewing beers before. Oldest, one of the oldest breweries in the country. Yes. One hmm. of the oldest. So I bought this for one reason and one reason alone. It was it was right above the Christmas ale. So as I was perusing the beer aisle, uh, looking for this Breckenridge specifically, right? We knew yes. we were going to do this one. I saw this, and I wouldn't have bought it otherwise. But on the six-pack, it says, this is the 46th Christmas ale from Anchor Brewing, San Francisco. Uh-huh. I am 46 years old. Boom. They, they have been making Christmas beers as long as I have been alive. Wow. I, that that's, that's in history. the world in the world of craft, yeah. right? And and Anchor has been around for a long. We've talked about them. 
They've been around for a long time. We we have to try it. This is, I mean... We definitely do. Right? Now, already, without smelling it, I'm just looking at it. There's pine cones right on the label. Oh, of course. I'm already in. Yes. <laughs> Let's see what the label mm, says. Smells good. This is our 46th annual. This ale, made with natural flavors, features a... Oh, this is hard to read. Oh, because the stupid pine cones get in the light. Features a different recipe and tree. Mm-hmm. Every year. Every year. A tree. Yes. Our special ale. They call it our special ale. Yes. Like a child. This is our special child. <laughs> our special ale. It goes, it, it, the rest of it, it sounds like it, but the intent with this, with which we offer, it is the same joy and celebration of the newness of life. <laughs> you, Brian Peterson, mm-hmm. should love every bit of this beer. This, I, I think, oh, yeah. right? That's great. This encapsulates almost mm. every, this is this is Brian Peterson at Christmas right here. I want to see what it looks like. I'm going to pour it into my glass. Yeah, I thought about that too. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's beer, Christmas, spiced, mm. With some hops. With hops, with like West Coast. That is dark. Look at that. It is, but it doesn't taste like that. No, though. that's why I wanted to pour it into my glass. It's I, weird that this was made in California. You think so? <laughs> yeah, because... Here's, here's the thing. like You get the pineiness of a West Coast that's IPA, true. right? That's true. That's but true. then you look at it, and you're like, wait a minute, because look at it. When you yeah. pour really hard, it cascades down like it would a stout. Yeah, like a Guinness almost. Right? But then it does not taste like that. It tastes like some kind of like dark lager. Mm-hmm. But mm. just the taste of it kind of reminds me of like the pine trees of Colorado or yep. Montana or yeah. I feel like I should be drinking it there <laughs> in the mountains. Well, in a few weeks I'm going to be there, and I may take some of this. There and you go. Then I'll let you know how it goes. There you go. I'm gonna guess it goes really, really well. <laughs> just off, I'm just guessing. I'm it's just almost guessing. like fruitcake. It's kind of bready. It's sweet. Mm. It's fruity, but I, it has some hops. Make fun of fruitcake all you want. I love me some fruitcake. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm guessing it would go well with this. Yep. Good fruitcake. There's some that's there's like some bad. Yeah, true. You get the hard. Well, but it's supposed to be gummy. I don't know. It's like Jolly Ranchers chopped up in there. <laughs> yeah. Break your teeth off. But that's like saying like. Yeah, I, I, summer sausage or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's some bad summer sausage out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. Then there's some really good summer sausage. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I guess I like homemade fruit cakes more than I like. I don't know. I've had some store bought ones that are like really bad. <sighs> yeah. yeah, true. My grandma always wanted one for Christmas every year. She always wanted a fruit cake. She was one of the only people I ever met that asked for fruit cake. <laughs> and <laughs> then would she slice it up and like share it with people? No, that was hers. Man. Oh, she would just eat it. Yep, she put it in the freezer when she was done to keep it mm. keep it fresh and out on the farm. That was how she did it. Kind of like my dad mm. with the uh, chocolate covered cherries. Remember, you get the box. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. If you touch those, he would. That beat was you. it. Yes, beat you. My yeah, grandpa too. It. Yeah, he had the chocolate cherries. What is it with old guys that love those? My wife's know. grandpa loved those too. Yeah, yeah. they're not that great. Know. They're okay. Yeah. They're okay. And his other thing was orange slices. Ooh, Those like, sugary yeah. ones. I yeah, do, I do like the orange slices. I, I loved them as a kid. I can't man. stand them now, but Ooh. we are in old man candy territory <laughs> right now. <laughs> remember the almond joy? I mean, I don't. I don't even know. That's, I remember that's the oldest candy. Do you remember 
those Christmas candies that were, it almost looked like taffy and it had a Christmas tree in the middle? Yes. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I went to, uh, I, I grew up Catholic. Okay. I went to CCD. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was on Wednesdays, right? Yes, yeah. it was. Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, and then during Christmas, like right before Christmas break, because you would have CCD once a week, right? Uh-huh. And then right before Christmas break, during Christmas break, you wouldn't have CCD, but they would give us like a a bag mm-hmm. of peanuts. Yep. And those candies just like all yep. mixed in together. So like the peanut shells and stuff were sticking to those candies and stuff yeah. or whatever. It was the best. I remember mm-hmm. having, we would sing when, when I was in a kid in the church choir, we'd have our you know big Christmas program and you'd get a bag with an orange in it and some of that junk. <laughs> drive, <laughs> drive home and go down to the farm and see my grandparents and I'd be eating all the rest of that stuff mm-hmm. all the way down. Oh, my yeah. favorite Christmas treat that we got every year was the the cookie with the little Christmas printed in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I want to say, who, where, uh, who, who's the, do- the, you know the Doughboy? Pillsbury. Pillsbury. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Pillsbury cookies. You'd get it in the yeah. little... Uh, hmm. canister or mm-hmm. whatever, unwrap it, and then you'd slice the cookie. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and it had the Christmas tree in the middle. They probably still make those, Dolan. Those are my favorite. I believe they still make those. Yeah. 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 Okay, untapped. Let's start with uh, Christmas sale. Breck That's got to have a huge number. One check-in, Brian Peterson, in 2019. Not Last tell, year. Not going to tell you what you checked it in at. I'm going to guess 375, because that's what I'd say now. You wouldn't be right. But, oh, okay. <laughs> 74,000 other check-ins, uh, that's though. Not that, I thought there'd be more. Mm. Uh, that's a pretty big number. 74,000 check-ins, what do you say? I'm going to go 36. 3.49. 3.55. Almost, with Almost. the difference. Yeah. yeah. Almost. You know what? For for what it is, and just the just the uh, sheer availability. Yes. Coming out of your fridge, right? That's like like we talked about off air uh-huh. before I started this. I bought the one point three two gallon, the same size of their Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and drank it within two days. And my wife was like, "You might have a problem." I'm like I have to. It's, <laughs> it's on the thing. It's delicious. I can't stop. It says it's, you have to drink it, and I don't want to let it go bad. That's wasting. That's right. I yeah. will gladly just drink the rest of this within two days. Yeah. So that one, I would say, out of the two of these, that one's more approachable for just everybody. Uh, yeah. Way more. Mm-hmm. This is more. I mean, this almost now it's reminding me of black licorice somehow. Yeah. Even though it doesn't have that anise taste, it, uh, it reminds me of that. And I hate black licorice. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I like black licorice. Mm. Look, look, I'm gonna finish it. I don't. Oh, I'm gonna drink right <laughs> all of it. So I mean, it, it, but yeah. I mean, if I was, we could nerd out on this because these are famous trees. Those are. I would love to go through like the history of all the trees that they've gone like that. You know, or and John Muir, they name check on here. He's like the father of the national parks, Mm -hmm. United States. So without him, we don't we don't have Rocky Mountain National Park or sequoias and uh, what's the uh, with Half Dome out there. I've wanted always wanted to go there. Uh, Yosemite. uh, Yep, yep. I've always wanted to go to Yosemite. So, yeah. Uh, right. There's a whole 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 Ken Burns documentary features Mr. John Muir. Mm. Check it out. We've got a we've got a lot. We could do another anchor mm-hmm. beer at some point and just do those because I, I think they. I mean these this label looks very familiar. Yeah, yeah. I just love the feel of this bottle. Nobody else has a bottle like this. It is kind of. It's almost like a cross between like the old Michelob. Uh huh. 
and like exactly yeah like a stubby bottle mm-hmm. from coors yeah mm. it's an interesting shape it just fits in the hand just so nice yeah all right so let's look up the anchor merry christmas and happy new year our I, special ale i wonder how many of these i've checked in because <laughs> they have different years hope really none none not for this year I not haven't. for this no no yeah this is this year's yes but that's interesting yeah because they have every year this would be this year's uh, 8,000 check-ins on this one so far. Mm. So I'm going to say this one's a 3.88. I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know what? 3.6 again. God, don't so close. 3.61. Oh, That's close. Man. Dang. So close. Yeah, I, I think 3.75 all day long. I get, a, mm-hmm. you're right, I get a little black licorice here, which is totally fine with me. I, I, I enjoy a black that licorice. Is, and This one's so good, I'm going to take a picture of it for my... Check in here. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Next week, one more Christmas beer, courtesy of Brian Peterson. We go to a state that we've never been before, Kentucky. Yeah. Ooh. And a uh, in a style that I'm not super excited about. Please say there's bourbon in it. There is. Bourbon. There is. Well, don't worry. It's Kentucky. Yeah. So of course it has to is. be. <laughs> bourbon comes out of the water taps there. <laughs> I think you're right. I think so too. All right. Well, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another Christmas beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.